0: Like everyone shows love in a different way. And this whole like, if they wanted to, they would is is silly. If you don't say something, like they're not going to know. <laughs>
1: Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to another episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm the one that is not afraid to
2: set boundaries. And I'm Emily. I'm the one that will constantly tiptoe around your feelings. Welcome, welcome to, to our podcast. podcast. So um, I'm banned from Tinder. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> um. What? I, okay. Okay. <laughs> Like, what, do you, what did you do? I didn't do a single damn thing. Honestly, I thought that if I ever got banned from Tinder, it would be because, oh, maybe one day I decided to, you know, make my age range 50 to 60 year olds and put my Venmo in my bio and get me some sugar daddy money. But <laughs> that was not what happened. It was just the fact that I think I failed to reply to people's messages and just get on there and just swipe for my ego. <laughs> so, because you didn't interact like probably. past and it swiping. that? Probably. probably thought it was a spam like, oh, account. I don't like know. a spam Huh. Either that or like, because I honestly put in my bio recently my Instagram name and then said, message me if you actually want me to reply because I don't have my Tinder notifications pop- on. Like, I don't want to be on a date with a guy and then like you just see my Tinder blowing up. Like, and I just hate notifications. We all know I hate notifications. Yeah. So I just turn my notifications off and I check it every once in a while and. That's why I tell people, message me on Instagram, because, like, if you genuinely want me to talk to me, and it's never the guys that I want to message me, message me, but,
1: like, that's the way you get a response. And it also gets me some Instagram followers, There you go, there you go. Um, Well, I guess they were salty because you were sending everyone to Instagram, I don't know, um, and there's, like, no way for you to appeal banning on Tinder or whatever. Honestly, I hate
2: Tinder with a fire-burning passion. If I'm going to use any dating app, it's Hinge. But So maybe it was a blessing in disguise and yeah, no but like, more there's a like, like, up culture. I, I came across Nate Archibald, um, that is a character on this show now, and yes. and I'm not talking about Chase Crawford,
1: although if I um, came across I mean, Chase Crawford... <laughs> I would swipe right or um, left. Which way do you go? Right. Right. right.
2: How is that? <laughs> but I came across um, Nate Archibald on Tinder, and then my friend was like, swipe right, swipe okay. right. And I was like, okay, fine. Because um, this is like before the last episode, all this kind of stuff, that I came across him. And he messaged me today, and I thought, oh, he must have seen that, like, I came across him on Tinder, and then I opened Tinder and said I was banned. So,
1: um, yay. Cool. Happy Wednesday, you Um, know.
2: I'm not going to make another Tinder account, most likely. Like, I really just hate the app. I'm just bitter because there was a lot of deedless celebrities on there that I matched with. That I was just like, hey, like, there are my Tinder matches, like a lot of dudes from TikTok and Vine. Well, that's kind of bummy. <laughs> like D-list celebrities, like some comedians, yeah. you know, things like that. But it's okay, salavi. There's always Bumble and Hinge. There um, you go. And Instagram is my favorite dating app, just tbh. I
1: mean, I feel like you can find out a lot about a person's Instagram if it's not private. Yes, or it's a Finsta or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And other news, um, have you heard about Army Hammer? no
2: you see you know you know nothing about this yeah when
1: you told me you were gonna talk about this i was like well i literally don't even know what she's talking about okay so like there's a whole rumor that he's like a cannibal oh like actually (laughs) like i'm joking no 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 no. okay so we're into cannibalism now okay Okay. so
2: here's the thing so um there's been like some um a couple girls have like leaked messages that they've sent like exchanged like with army hammer this is all alleged but like Some girl, like, screen recorded so, like, you could see, like, it's, I'm not faking this kind of thing. Like, opening the Instagram app and everything. And, like, it's very BDSM kind of thing. And I don't know the whole story because I don't have time to, like, tell you guys the whole story. But, like, in one uh, Instagram exchange, he was just, like god like i want to like rip like your bones out and like suck them like dry like i'm 100 percent a cannibal or whatever and i was like there's no way this is real and then like his ex came forward and was saying like he was like really into like this heavy bdsm stuff and everything and like he's trying to bite her face off and like there's a video of him like his son like sucking on his toe which like and everybody's like, that's disgusting. I'm like, it's not even like this child sexualizing or anything like that's disgusting. It's the fact that a child's sucking on a toe. You know how this gross feet are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if
1: my child's athlete's it, foot.
2: But, like, that's the thing. Like, the ch- his
1: child was sucking on his toe, and his first instinct was to record it and post it on Instagram. And not say, get off my toe. That's disgusting. Or, like, having actual conversation with the kid with, like, why sucking toes Because, like, like, he normal. was like a baby,
2: and his caption was, like, foot fetish on fleek.
1: That was the caption i'm dead serious i'm cringing i'm dead serious i never ever want to see that ever and like now his
2: publicist and his manager have dropped him um do you know how big that has to be for like army hammer who's been the social network call me by your name like all this shit like for them to drop a A list celebrity like that and like his parents like his parents like his dad i think founded like a publishing company and like and or something like that like he comes from wealth and like celebrity it's so interesting I am completely disturbed, honestly. I wanted to mention it last week, but I like totally forgot. But I was just like, What the fuck? Wow.
1: You never know people. You really don't. Apparently he told
2: his ex girlfriend that
1: he wanted her
2: to go have his plastic surgery done to remove like her lower two ribs so um he could um
1: suck on them or something like that. Ew. I'm like utterly disgusted. I'm ashamed. (laughs) I feel secondhand embarrassment for him. And there's like
2: photos on his Instagram of like pigs heads that he's like, like he's butchered and stuff like that. I'm dead serious. Well, um, okay.
1: (laughs) A little light topic for your Monday morning drive, ladies. Good morning. Hope you're awake and Adam, like ready for work, ready for your, you know, your day, your workout. So on your lunch break today, just look up
2: army. Maybe don't because like
1: you might actually want to be able to eat (laughs) if you have a weak stomach. I'm 100% a cannibal. Is the one he said. I am appalled. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And like I know people who are actually work in the BDSM community I and everything gonna like say, that.
1: I know people who are actually cannibals. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what? Where are you
2: going with this? So I um, I so I've people are- cannibals. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's really taboo. No, oh. <laughs> no, I know people who are actually in the BDSM community. I have one friend, and I was like, talking to her about it, and, like looking at her Twitter, and she's just like, even if this is true, she's like how much just, we're going to take it face value like the screenshots and everything that even this is true this is like super bad and toxic because like at not one point is there a safe word or like just like you can tell the girls are uncomfortable like and just in the wording of their of their replies and he just keeps going on and on and on and on not asking like for like them like are you okay with this kind of thing so yeah. it's just like really not aggressive good. yeah it's just too not much. good for this dude like i don't really think that there's gonna be a call me by your name too at this point i really don't think that's gonna yeah. happen i would love to know timothy charcuterie board's opinions <laughs> <laughs> timothy shabble i was like and um, who timothy shabble <laughs> timothy chalamet oh, yes, oh yes. yes yes i would love to know mm. his opinions um don't really think that he knows anything because it's not like army hammer went up to him and was like hey he
1: just so you the know way, guys
2: <laughs> i'm 100 percent accountable probably gonna bite your
1: finger off and eat it for lunch <laughs> that peach that peach in that scene mm, yeah yeah <laughs> mm, you thought it was a peach that's my brains <laughs> oh my god
2: so we have like a good jam-packed episode for you guys today. We have a special guest, Kirsty Taylor. We were obsessed with her. We had her on the podcast today, so we're going to get into that a little bit later. But first, before we do any of that, I want to know your captivation of the week. I don't know why
1: I just fist. Yeah, it was like we are like <laughs> at all like force here. Uh, captivation, yes. So uh, you actually got me a Kiehl's skincare gift. Yes. set box. Yes. It had a lot of items in it. I was very pleased. Yes. I love Kiehl's. But specifically from the box. Well, I love the cleanser, but I'm totally out, so I need to buy some more. But the uh, Ultra Facial Cream, I think is what it's called. Yes. Obsessed. The moisturizer. Yes. yes. Um, My skin is not dry and flaky. Hmm. And I've been using it like at night and in the morning. Probably, I did used to like, use excessive. that moisturizer when I had dry skin. So yeah. 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 I like I mean, I have a really hard time with moisturizers. Like I feel like they work for a while and then they stop working, so I tend to switch a lot. But this one so far, I really, really like. I like the consistency of it. I like how it feels in my face. It's kind of cooling. So yes, highly, highly recommend awesome
2: what about you okay so like i watched the movie malcolm and marie on netflix um the other night with zendaya and Ugh, love her Um uh, fuck dave denzel washington's son i forget his name but it's denzel's son there's been like so much criticism like online about this film like people not liking it because there's no plot to it and fairness, I get it. Like if you're into plot films, Hannah, you're not gonna like this film. Um, I still wanna watch it though, because Linda, uh, like, I'll watch anything she's in. It is a dialogue heavy film. It is, you know, two people talking and it takes place in one night. Um, and everybody's like, Oh my god, this is exhausting because it's just like they just keep like having a red robin kind of argument where it's just a circle, and I'm like, yeah when you're in a narcissistic relationship very toxic like that that's exactly how every single fucking fight is it gets exhausting and so i thought it's a perfect it's portrayal like a
1: nice picture of like what an actual evening of fighting would probably yeah. be
2: um all she wanted was a fucking thank you oh he Lord. forgot to thank her he he like premieres his film and he um doesn't thank her i would be upset too and the film is like supposed to be about her life <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't thank her she's just all like, she wants to thank you and he's like verbally abusing her while like eating mac and cheese and everything like that and her acting is just so, fucking she's superb so in good. it. and i was like watching it and i was like oh my god this is like my film that i made but like if it was reality kind of thing because with my film like i don't it's not completely like truth and everything like that yeah but I found myself relating to both characters, which is something rare, because I was like, I don't... I fucking hate Malcolm. Like, he's a narcissist and everything like that. But there's moments where he's talking about film and everything that I relate to, but I relate a lot to Marie at the same time, whereas how she feels... And it's just... God, it is exhausting, but, like, if you've been in this type of relationship, you can identify so well with it. I do understand the criticism that's coming with Sam Levinson being the writer and director behind it, because he uses the film to basically, like... He was criticized a lot by film critics throughout his career and everything like that because he is a a white dude writing it. Um, and this film was about a black dude, right? Like, like, basically, like, giving it back to film critics, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, like, all this kind of stuff to film critics. And it's like, just say, like, you don't like film critics kind of thing. It's just very meta. Gotcha. And it's just like, you're just using this character to, like, say, which, say what you, you say what you want to say without saying and it's just, it yeah. and it's just like okay like you could have just made a blog post about this like it doesn't feel like it's authentic sometimes to like gotcha. the, the character is and it's just like it feels like it's breaking that fourth wall kind of thing
1: oh okay i see what you're saying yeah. like like he's talking to the audience and it doesn't really fit with the yeah with the and story. it's just like what the like we get it. Get like, we get it horse. Just calm down. Like, God,
2: like, we get it. You don't like film critics, but, like, you're in the film industry. That's what's so, going like, to happen. You're going to have critics, like, all the time. It's going to be fine. You're like, going to be okay. It's just, exa- That I will say, there's, like, part, yeah, there's parts where it gets very meta and stuff like that, and I'm just like, okay, I can. Like, you, you could do,
1: sh- without. You could've you could've do without. You could have shortened this a little yeah. bit.
2: Like, it goes on for a little bit too long, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm in a film lecture class now, and this just, just goes on for too long. But as far as the relationship between the two characters, it's superb. I nice. love dialogue-heavy films. That's what I write. That's yeah. what I enjoy. So if you're into films like that, like Marriage Story, mm-hmm. um, 500 Days of Summer. Uh,
1: it's definitely on my watch list, for really sure. It's really good. And
2: the cinematography is great, too. Yeah. The camera works amazing. And then I like it's in black and white, too. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And then Zendaya is just great And then great Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. There it is. She is phenomenal. Like, she is. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Nice. I would love to see her get a nomination for it, for sure.
1: I hope she does. Yeah. She probably would deserve it
2: yeah but that's my captivation for this week
1: yes so we're
2: gonna make our intro a little bit shorter this week just because we do have a very hefty episode for you guys with um kirstie but in the meantime make sure you guys head on over to our instagram and follow us at the gals guide pod we by the time this episode goes up we had just done an instagram live for you guys. And so yep. I'm hoping it goes well and everything. We want to do more of those, um, but we just did our Galentine's date night. So make sure you guys are following us on Instagram. If you missed it, it will be on our IGTV so you guys can watch it and everything. But make sure you follow us so you don't miss out on that anymore. And all of our fun giveaways, because we did do a giveaway for that and everything. we had two special guests come on the pod. Um, so I can't wait for you guys to see that. Uh, make sure also follow us on our personal Instagrams. Mine is at Emily Elise. And mine is at Hannah Nicole Adams. And then follow us on TikTok, and as well, you can join our secret Facebook group at the Gals Guide Pod on Facebook. It's the Gals Scouts. It's a fun time over there. We actually like told everybody about our Instagram live on that before we went live, so they kind of got like a heads up about it. Mm-hmm. And they also get access to more giveaways in there too. Yes, so yes, yes. It's always a fun time. And last but not least, make sure you share, subscribe rate and review us send us to a gal pal oh my god yes text it text us to them so Without further ado, let's get into Kirstie. So today we have a very special guest zooming in with us today with 80,000 followers on TikTok. She is a dating, relationship, and self-love author featured in Forbes, Cosmo, Well and Good, and The Washington Post, and now has a brand new book coming out, What I Wish I Knew About Love, where she gives advice and personal anecdotes about the world of dating and relationships. Everyone, please welcome Kirstie Taylor. Taylor. Hi, thanks for having me on guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We have been following you on TikTok for a couple months now and we have just been completely obsessed with you. We love your vibe. We love your attitude and everything like that and it's just like a different approach that we've seen um, versus like I feel like on TikTok especially like so many people who are there for like giving dating advice like it's especially women like it's to- it's almost like toxic yeah. ways it gives me call yeah. her daddy vibes like yeah. that's, <laughs> <way it> gives. <laughs> that's
0: hilarious um if- i've done. i've definitely had people comment that before they're like oh my god thank you like there's just oh, so much toxic relationship advice and i've seen it too like i see it all the time when i first joined like i was using tiktok just to like look at tiktok for months and i was just like whoa there's a lot of like not so good dating advice son
2: here <laughs> yeah it's so interesting and I think like just with the world of podcasting and then TikTok and how they just kind of like have coincided and then you also being an author I think it's just super interesting how there's just so many different mediums now that people are like kind of diving into this and that was really one reason why we wanted to reach out to you and have you on the show and talk to you about that um but before we dive in, one thing that we love to ask all of our guests before we get started is their captivation. So every week we have a segment where we talk about our recent captivation. So that's something that we personally have been like loving, whether that's materialistic or like in entertainment. For example, mine this week was the film Malcolm and Marie that is on Netflix. Mm-hmm.
1: And okay. Then- yeah. And then mine this week was like the Kiehl's Ultra Facial Cream. Just like, we right. just like to kind of like pick things that we are been loving. So
2: I'd love, love to know what you, what your captivation could be. Um,
0: let's see, actually really specific. Cause I have the water bottle that like just made me think of it. Um, my friend works for this company called Liquid. Well, I'm showing you guys, but people on the podcast can't <laughs> see it. It's called Liquid IV. But I was telling him, I was like, wow, I actually really love it because this is like the first, like, it's so what it is, it's a drink. Um, it's supposed to help you get more hydrated, but it's essentially like a flavored drink thing. And I was like, I've never tried one that I actually enjoyed the flavor of. So I've been obsessed with it. I've been drinking it every single day. And that's my captivation.
2: Oh, we definitely have heard like so many people talk about that stuff. And we've yeah, all, just, oh, all really? I've never tried to, I've always wanted to though. Yeah, uh, really it yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. Have to look into that for sure. Um, But I guess we should just go ahead and just dive right on in, shall we? Um, First, the first question we always like to ask our guests, like whenever we have them on is like, you know. What kind of gives you the right to talk about what you talk about? And um, so what made you want to write about relationships and love and get into that? And then furthermore, what made you want to start doing TikTok?
0: Yeah, so definitely it was all like a sequential journey, but I got into essentially writing and dating writing at the same exact time um, because of my own personal experiences So I'm, I'm what everyone would call a serial dater. Well, serial monogamous up until like two or yeah, two or (laughs) three years ago, um, literally one, one relationship after the other from like 16 to 26. And then I was, it was either 26 or 27. At that time, I went through two short, really bad breakups, um, with in relationships that were horrible. So I was like, I literally broke up or we broke up on my porch, my, that the second ex in that whole thing. Um, and I went into my bedroom, tears rolling down my face. And I like downloaded Bumble and started swiping. And then I was like, Whoa, like, why am I trying to get back into dating so quickly? Like, what is what's going on? So, um, kind of in that moment. And also I've suffered from depression on and off and that breakup coincided with losing a job too. So I was just like, I'm done with dating. I'm going to take a year off and just focus on like figuring out why I keep dating these narcissistic, emotionally abusive dudes. Um, why I keep dating people that make me so unhappy, and then also why I was so unhappy, happy with myself. And so, what's I've always loved reading. And I've always loved um, just learning in general. And when I realized that there was all these things like attachment theory and. Um, Adult relationship psychology. There's a whole field of it. I started reading and doing my own research, and started doing research on codependency. And I was like, "Wow, like this is amazing. Uh, I'm surprised more people don't know about this. Like, it's not more mainstream. It was just very therapy. Uh, but, like people that did therapy knew about it." So at the same time, someone was like, "Oh, you should give um, you should give this website called Medium a try. Like, it's kind of a blogging website. You just put articles out there, and you can make money from it, or it's just fun." So I was like, "Okay, cool." And I wrote this essay about my emotionally abusive boyfriend in college, and people did, or people really liked it, and people resonated with it, and it did really well. So I just kept writing about everything I learned from that year off of dating. And it literally was just like one thing after the other, like Medium did really well. And I was able to do that full time. And then um, the thing with Cosmo happened and then all these other different opportunities Then the book opportunity. Um, But with TikTok, it's very interesting in the writing community. You find most writers on Twitter yeah never
1: yes
2: right? yeah, I'm a writer, so like, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a musician,
1: yeah. I hate Twitter <laughs> okay, exactly. I'm a screenwriter, so like I feel you
2: exactly.
0: you find most of the writers on Twitter, and you know, I've tried, and I've always been a firm believer if I don't like something, I'm not gonna force myself, so mm. try with Twitter, and you'd assume it would be really easy for me as a writer to just write like these short tweets, but for whatever reason, never really was my jam, yeah, um. But I do love filming myself and I do love being like in front of the camera. So I was like, you know what, TikTok, like I can make these articles I've already written into TikToks. And then when I actually started doing that, I was like, whoa! Well, I can also do all these like funny skits and stuff and it's fun and the community's great. Um, so yeah that's how I got into TikTok that's awesome yeah Yeah. I
2: saw one of your posts on Medium where like you just talked about like your growth and everything on TikTok and how like you just really Uh, like put the work into it like 30 days later like you just blew up Um, but I think I wish I could remember like the first video of yours that I saw but I remember one of them you sent me And it was like your 2021 dating mantra, but like, I'm not going to have relationship problems with people I'm not in a relationship with. And she's like, you need to like adapt that. (laughs) Because that is what I think I'm like notorious for is getting into situations where I'm not dating someone yet. We're having issues as if we were like in a five year relationship. And it's just like, how does this keep happening and yeah. I can def- both of us can definitely relate like to your process of like you know going through like these bad relationships and then just wanting to kind of find a way to cope with it all and I think writing is a amazing way um that's what I do as somebody like who writes films um yeah. I just wrote a whole film <laughs> and directed it about a uh, previous narcissistic relationship that I was in there you go <laughs> that's amazing that's
0: yeah. I feel like it's like obviously it's different with screenplays because you have to like write out people what people are doing and stuff but it is like it's writing that's amazing yeah, yeah. you've got all your
2: feelings out I'm sure exactly yeah yeah um we want to get into your book and like talk about like your lessons that we've all learned like from dating in our 20s that we definitely have as well too um but we first kind of want to talk about A little bit more about your tiktok about how you make a lot of videos talking about like anxiety and dating and creating these like healthy boundaries and attachments something that we also like preach a ton on this show uh do you feel like there's something that's not talked about enough in dating culture like nowadays especially with like we said like the more toxic um gen z almost like targeted (laughs) dating advice that's going on nowadays
0: yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's, I always thought, and I didn't realize this until I got into TikTok. I was like, oh, people are getting over that whole, like, a guy has to treat you badly to, sh- to like mean that they love you. And then I see these TikToks and stuff and even some of the movies that have recently come out on Netflix. And I'm just like, wow, it's still totally prevalent. Like people really think that. And even these young people, it's crazy. Um So yeah, that I actually did a post on people. People said I took it the wrong way, but I was like, that's not really the point because people took it how I took it. But I talked about that one TikTok trend that was like, if he wanted to, he would, or if Mm -hmm. they wanted to, they would. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw it on TikTok, it was always these people that are like, like into loom with like flowers all over their bed and like Chanel bags and all this stuff. And so I made a TikTok that was like, If they wanted to, they would is horrible relationship advice. Because if you're just expecting your partner to do this stuff for you and you don't tell them, then you're always going to be really unhappy. Mm -hmm. Even, Even if it's as simple as like, you want flowers once a month. Some people just don't think that way. Like there are basic expectations. Everyone should have a relationship like respect, trust, loyalty, if that's what you agree to. But you know, if you, if something really means a lot to you, Uh, like flowers, for example, flower for once a month, just say something. Just be like, hey, this would mean a lot to me because it makes me feel cared for. Like everyone shows love in a different way. And this whole like, if they wanted to, they would is is silly. If you don't say something, like they're not going to know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) it's like one thing we definitely always preach like on
1: our show is-
2: communication being like Uh, key and everything like
1: people can't read your minds if you don't if you don't say what you want then like how are they ever going to know and how are they going to live up to that expectation you've built in your head if you don't give them the benefit of the doubt by telling them like hey this is what I want or I need in a relationship like do you is that something that you can do um and also not like expecting that they will be able to like Um, fix all of your needs or, like, give you all of your needs because that's, like, also not going to happen. Yeah, it's that
2: idea of, like, fantasizing about this person um, to the infinite degree to where, like, you've built them up in your head and then you're disappointed when they're no longer living up to that version that you created. Even Mm -hmm. the version, like, if it's somebody, like, when you love how they were when you first started dating, you're, you're in this relationship and they're not acting like the guy that they were, like, on the first month of dating. It's like, well, I mean people do grow <laughs> yeah. and it's also a performance a lot of people are doing like that first like couple of
0: dates and everything also true I talk about that a lot some people just pretending like, they're this great person and then they're like all right got her let's change like yep so I really like,
1: am yeah once the chase is over they like show their true colors so yeah
2: <laughs> I think um In what ways, like, do you feel like millennials or even like Gen Z, um, because I don't like to exclude them uh, Mm -hmm. since they are a very huge chunk of our audience. um, Mm -hmm. How do you feel like they could improve, like, the dating culture and making it, like, more honest and, less toxic? I know you talk a lot about, like, Mm -hmm. um, communicating, like, boundaries and what healthy boundaries look like. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I feel like when people they hear boundaries and they're like, okay, well, I don't, how do I implement that? Like, how do I get started with that? I don't know where you start. I don't know what a healthy boundary looks like. What if I hurt this person or offend them by like telling them this, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like it always has to be as scary. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. It's actually so interesting that you just said the, I
0: don't want that. I don't want to offend them and I don't want to hurt them. Um, I'm gonna totally butcher this quote, but have you guys heard of Brene Brown, the psychologist? Yes, yes. Okay, love Brene Brown. Yeah, and I, I I think it's Brene Brown. Maybe I'm wrong, but she always talks about boundaries. But essentially, it's if a boundary hurts someone, they are the one that needed to that needed it the most. So boundaries aren't like meant to keep people out of your life. They're meant to make you feel safe um, and respected. So if someone is offended by your boundary, it's probably even the more sign that you needed it. Cause as long as it's a healthy boundary, like um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a family one because people, you know, maybe not everyone's in a relationship, but just like um I mom, like I Okay, now I'm like Gen Z. They're still at home. I was about to say, okay, people (laughs) college and older. Like, mom, I can only talk like 6 to 8 p.m. when I'm done with school or I'm done with work. Um, Or if you text me, I'll give me at least like two hours to respond because sometimes I'm just busy. If you have a mom that's like, like gets so upset that you're never, that you don't answer right away or whatever. Same with a boyfriend, all of it. Like anyone that's always trying to be like, expecting you to be available all the time, be like, I will, do, I will be able to respond during this time. Um, and if I don't respond, like I'm busy, but I will respond within an X amount of time. That's a great boundary. That's a healthy boundary. You're going to exhaust yourself if you are constantly giving, giving, giving when you don't have it to give, especially if you're like working or something. Absolutely. Um, so in that sense, so you're, you do that and your mom's like, oh my God, how could you say this? You are breaking my heart. Like, yes, that sucks. But like, it'll adjust, she will adjust, and it will benefit both of your relationships better. Because if you don't have that boundary, you're going to start resenting that person. And resentment does not make for a good
2: relationship, whether it be your mom or your boyfriend or your friend. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that because it was probably like this past year she was very proud of me because I am horrible at setting boundaries um (laughs) (laughs) because I definitely have an anxious attachment and then struggled with codependency from a previous narcissistic relationship Mm -hmm. and in that narcissistic relationship he would give me the silent treatment a lot of the times when he disapproved of something that I would do or I would speak back to him or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be and so when I started seeing someone new um there would be times where he, like, there was a time where he just didn't reply to me. I asked him a question. He didn't reply to me for two days. And it Mm -hmm. sent me into a full-on panic attack because I immediately was like, what did I do wrong? Thinking of all these things. And I was able to, she's like, just, just tell him. Just literally just tell him where you're coming from right now. And I'm sure he's not going to think you're an idiot. And I just told him like, hey, I understand you're busy. Like you got stuff going on and everything like that. Cause we were both still in school at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, If you're busy, like, just text me and be like, hey, I'm busy. I'll reply to you later. Just something like that so I know you're not just, like, ignoring me or just, like, shutting me out. Because to me, with my trauma, that just looks like, um, no, like, I'm going to silence you. I'm not going to speak to you because you don't deserve to be speaking to for, like, two days um, because of X, Y, and Z. Exactly. he was like the first person where we were both in therapy and so we were both actively working on each other um working on ourselves and everything so it was uh, allowed me to feel like oh this is what a healthy relationship would be like um yeah. it never didn't work out but you know that's other that's <laughs> what, you was, know, his, what was his response though to you being like hey yeah no worries but, yeah no we like literally just so relaxed he
0: yeah he's like that's no worries. Yeah. Yeah. What people are so scared of, and I get it. Cause like same here, girl, like anxious attachment style, horrible exes. I get that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I feel like what we're so scared of is like losing someone because we try to make a boundary or we try to say like, no, you can't, or I, I don't want to be treated like this. Or like even just having healthy communication as people who have been to therapy, we're like, Oh, they're going to get scared. But honestly, if what we are talking about is looking for a life partner and saying, hey, you not texting me for two days is just like not really that cool. If that scares them away, good freaking riddance. Exactly.
2: Like,
0: <laughs> we are talking about a life. If you're casually dating different. But if we we're talking about like someone you want to really
2: seriously date, let them leave. Yeah. Literally, that's part of the dating process. Yeah. Cause it's like, do you really want to be with somebody who yeah. is going to be that upset by you just saying like, Hey, like this is just what I need and just mm-hmm. being upfront about it. And that was something that I realized too, when I finally like realized I was going through like this codependency thing that I was like, okay, it takes a lot for me to put my needs first because yeah. it's just more easier for me to put your needs first over mine and me just be discomfort and me just be the one that has to you know be miserable basically um because then you won't leave me uh and it I just told him I was like look this is like a it takes a lot for me to just be at this up front and everything like that and he was super appreciative of it and uh just like was open to like listening about everything. And I, it was just so refreshing because I feel like a lot of people are always afraid of, like you said, like that person's not going to care or they're not going to be, you know, interested in anything like that. And even after me and him broke up, we uh, stayed in touch and everything. And still to this day, like if I text him and he doesn't ever reply, he'll be like, sorry, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm busy. I'll text you in a couple minutes. Like he still does that even as a friend. So I'm like, it's refreshing that like there's people out there that <laughs> do yeah, listen will, to your needs. Who will
0: react well? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So we want to talk about your book and it's focused on lessons that you would tell your younger self about dating. And while you're writing this, like what was your biggest takeaway from writing something that was so personal? And did you discover anything about yourself in that process? Oh boy. Yeah. i getting I'm like, real with the writer questions.
0: We're going, we're going deep. <laughs> right? It's actually funny you say that because um I'll just make this a really quick story, but essentially like I had I hired an I have a publisher and they helped me edit it. but I also hired my own editor to really like hone in on what I wanted to say. I do not blame you. I would have done the same exact thing. Exactly. You understand. <laughs> you understand. Yeah. And so one thing one note she kept making was like, "Why don't you talk about your family in this book?" And so like hadn't really mentioned anything. And I kind of thought I could just like breeze past it, even though I'm talking about like, how our bonds as children like affect us as grownups. And I'm 100% like talk about personal experience throughout the whole book. Um, And so I did end up adding in a chapter about my, my relationship with my family, which really isn't that good, but I'm still like 100% contact with them. And so when it came closer, right at the beginning of pre-orders, I thought in my head, I was like, maybe I should just send this chapter to my parents so they know what's up. And they did not handle it well. Mm. So (laughs) that was an experience, but from it, my mom, my mom was like, or I was like, if you want to repair this, like we have to go to therapy. And I thought she would not agree to it, but she did. So one learning experience was, you know, just bring things up and maybe good things will come from it. I don't know. That was, that'll be a very interesting experience in itself. But in general, um, I guess what what I realized writing the book, because it was just kind of like a, an overall theme throughout the whole book, is that is the idea of self-confidence and self-love. It just ties so much into every part of your life, from how you date to uh, how you're able to be in a relationship to how you handle a breakup. It's just if you lack that sense of like self-love a self-confidence having like a solid life it just affects so much of everything else and so I really come back to that a lot throughout the entire book which is broken up into five different sections um the first one is about like the 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 ideas we have about love mm-hmm. and then breakup self-love dating and relationships and so all of it just comes back to this idea of like if you and I don't want to be that person that's like you must love yourself or someone else to love you like, I don't <laughs> that. it's not true someone can lo- like you can work on yourself Absolutely. in a relationship but it's just something you carry with you for the le- rest of your life if you can learn like solid ways to take care of yourself mentally physically but mentally more so um it's something that you can literally go back to for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah, I we I agree with the notion of like you don't have to love yourself before anybody else yeah. can love you. Uh because that I feel like in in a way that makes you it makes it sound like this other person's going to complete you um in yeah, this kind of way and true. I don't think that anybody can complete you. Um mm-hmm. it's just almost like you're looking for this kind of partner along for the ride. But mm-hmm. I guess like without giving too much away, because you did talk about the different parts of your book, mm-hmm. because we want people to buy the book. We want people to pre-order yes. and get it. I want to it. <laughs> Trust me, we're both itching to get it. We're so excited for oh, it. thank you. But what do you think your like, biggest lesson was that you would tell your younger self? Because mm. we have like our own. Yeah. Um, let's see. If I had to tell my
0: younger self one thing about dating and love
2: because I think also dating in your 20s is also... Dating in your 20s 100%. 100%. Is a whole monster in its own.
0: What I would say is, and this goes into a lot of different things, but just like the main thing is like, you are not trying to make everyone else like you. You are trying to find someone who likes you. And that's, I tell people that with like their dating profiles, I'm like, you're not trying to get everyone to swipe right on you. You just want the people to swipe right on you that actually think you're cool. Like if you have a really interesting passion that's like you cosplay on the weekends and dress up as like Batman or whatever girl. I'm like, I can't think of a girl superhero, Poison Ivy um, on the weekends. <laughs> and that's what you love to do. Post pictures of that. If someone thinks it's weird, you're not going to want the date them, to date them anyways. Um And then same with relationships because basically all my relationships were me just trying to like fit into what I thought my boyfriends would think is great and awesome Mm -hmm. but that just made me so totally unhappy and I'm sure you guys understand. Yeah. Um, So you were trying to find someone who just likes you for you and not just make everyone like you would be my big takeaway. Absolutely. Mm, I love that.
2: Yeah (laughs) I I, the one like I always say like when I go on first dates because Hannah is in a committed relationship for like yes. years and everything. And I'm the one that's perpetually <laughs> single over here, uh-huh. um, but
0: <laughs> a good balance. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a great good balance. balance. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but I always say like when I go on first dates, like I'm never worried nowadays. I'm like, Oh my God, are they, they going to like me? I'm always mm-hmm. going into it. Like Oh, I really hope I like them because I really don't want to write about them. <laughs> like,
0: it's
2: like I turn every guy I date into into writing, and somehow or another, and I'm like, ooh, I really don't want to have to write a story about them. So let me like, I, I hope that. that I like them. I feel like Carrie funny. Bradshaw, some days it's fine. There you <laughs> go. Hey, she but walked so we could run. Exactly. 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 <laughs> She, you finally found somebody that you don't have to worry about writing any other like breakup songs anymore about them. Well,
1: I don't know. You can always write a breakup song. This is, this is true. This is true. I can yeah. dig up some trauma like from the past. What I <laughs> there you leave, go. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you
2: you were mentioning earlier today when we were talking about her about the um some of the stuff that she's mentioned before about overthinking and everything and that was something that you wish you could have told like, your younger self. yeah
1: that's definitely been was my hardest thing with dating was like I am a huge overthinker I worry about literally everything. Like, I have a headache, I'm WebMDing, and I've got cancer. Like, that's that's yeah. where my brain goes. My brain goes to worst-case scenario. And so, especially in dating, like, I'm that one that would, like, reread text messages or, like, mm-hmm. like do all kinds of things. So, um, I actually was reading um, your essay about overthinking, and I was like, I resonate with this so much. Um, yeah. So, like what, how did you, how did you come up with your tips for like overthinking and worrying and in relationships and like while dating?
0: Yeah. So a lot of them actually came. I mean, I'm very lucky to have a couple of therapist friends and then I've seen a therapist myself, but a lot of them, um, come from therapists. And I think that's kind of the beauty of like dating and relationship writing is that sometimes therapy feels like so inaccessible and then we're kind of like the middleman not saying at all that I am a therapist because their big difference is like they diagnose and they sort through your childhood trauma and I am not doing that, but the <laughs> yeah. that they get, yeah like I'm not gonna give people their childhood trauma background I, know, yeah. I got my TikTok. own childhood trauma I don't have time to sort through yours <laughs> yeah yeah right um so a lot of the things I did learn was through was through therapy um, and just reading and researching and reading studies that are out there. But I think like with the with the um, overthinking. Wait, did you ask me to go into like what the tips are? Yeah, yeah please yeah. go ahead. Please. Yeah, I was like I will ramble for days. Um, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> yeah, and what I found on TikTok, especially with the overthinking content, is that people are so quick to say like. I can't, I can't, it's too much. I can't ever be different. And I understand that thought process. Like I know it is so overwhelming and it feels like it's your entire life. But one quote that I like that someone said was that like the biggest changes in your life aren't gonna come easy. And they're not like people don't just all of a sudden with depression be like, oh, I'm gonna be better. And then like two days later, they're great. It takes a lot of work and the same with overthinking. Um, So what I've found that helps for me is literally distraction so like some days if I'm really when I was when I was single before um, if I was really overthinking things I would give myself x amount of time to think about it like oh he didn't text me back like what's going on what is he thinking give myself three minutes to ponder it and think think about it assume that I can come up with an answer even though I can't Um, and then as soon as that three months is over, I go for a walk or like I go call a friend or I go watch a movie and I just literally distract my mind. Um, another one is writing things down. People take for granted how powerful putting a thought onto paper is. Um, if you just write down your thought, it's not going to make it go away, but I promise it will make it just a little bit less powerful. And another thing which you're already writing that's really good is when you feel like you're thinking about like a worst case scenario, put that down on a piece of paper, put down what like a more likely scenario is like say someone, your boyfriend hasn't texted you back in five hours. Worst case scenario, he wants to dump me. We're done. Yeah. And a lot of people me that, was for, that. A long yeah. time.
1: for like the first yeah. like year of my relationship with my current boyfriend. I was like, he hates me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or he's just like at work for, you know, however many hours. So. Yeah.
0: Um, so worst case scenario is that they they're, they're dumped with you most likely case scenario. They're at work. Uh, some people say to write like a best case scenario, and I truly don't know what that will even look like. I'm like, well, the best case, they're, they're at work. I don't they're know. Found they're found on the their way like, to like... give you a puppy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they've,
1: got, um, they've got those flowers. Their hands are right? full of puppies. That's why they
2: can't text you. There
1: you yeah, go. Yeah,
0: right. They're busy picking out your future puppy. Um, but <laughs> just kind of reasoning with yourself, because Sure, you might be overthinking, but you deep down, you have the logic inside you to be like, this is most likely the, the, what's going on. And to just remind yourself and, you know, with overthinking until you really put in the effort to ch- literally um, replace that thought, like my boyfriend hates me, we're done with no, that's not true. He's probably just busy. And yeah, it'll be hard at first, but you just keep doing that and keep doing that. it does get a bit easier. And then if you want to, you can write down all the times that he texts you back and was like, sorry, I was busy at work. I was in a meeting. I was stuck in a meeting. Write that down as like a time that your anxiety was proven wrong or your overthinking was proven wrong. And then when things get really crappy and, and overwhelming, go back to that list.
1: That's a great idea. I love that. I like that. That, I feel like that would have really helped me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: Because, like, I always say, I'm like worrying and like overthinking is just manifesting a negative outcome because it's all you're focusing on. Um, And then, for me at least, it's very easy to, therefore, self sabotage then because Mm -hmm. I'm just going to react off of that one negative thought. But one thing when it comes to breakups that, I learned when going to therapy and it was a lesson that I wish I could have told my younger self when I was so like obsessive of like, well, why didn't this person like me? Like, why didn't they like me? What did I do wrong? There has to be something about me that they didn't like because there's just no other reason. Like it's Mm -hmm. all me. And my therapist at the time, she was like, what would finding out why do for you? What would that do for you? What is that going to solve for you? It's not going to solve anything. If you know, if you found out why this person didn't like you back, they didn't text you back, or they just didn't want to be with you, like they just, you knowing that, it's never going to, like, what would that look like? What would that, like, if you got that answer, what would that look like? And I'm like, I don't know. I'd have closure in a way. And she's like, Why can't you just give that to yourself? Yeah. And just learning to accept not like just learning to accept like that blank space and just that mm-hmm. unknown space I think is very hard but like you said like when you like are able to apply those steps to stop overthinking it because that's what I would end up doing it's just overthinking all the negative outcomes of why it didn't work out why we're not meant to be together instead of just listening to like myself and my intuition mm-hmm. and just self-soothing in that way Um, it's just a healthier way to do it instead of just driving myself crazy yeah. every day texting her like why didn't blah 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 <laughs> I'm like, I really don't yeah. know
0: <laughs> I love that I, and so many people you know always want the closure the closure and it's like okay yeah I love that what your therapist said because it's like what if what if it is your worst fears then what it's you know there's yeah. really no difference and it's really the, the closure usually doesn't make you feel better and I feel like learning to give yourself the closure and like becoming with or becoming okay with the unknown and uncertainty is just a great skill in life in general. Because there's always going to be those
2: uncertainties. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It was it's interesting bringing up the closure aspect because back in 2019, August 2019, that's when me and the the doctor is what we call him on our show, um, but he was the narcissistic ex that I dated. Uh, we broke up in August 2019. <laughs> New Year's Eve of 2020, he decided to send me an email. Giving, trying to give me closure, but not apologizing for anything that he did. He was just like, "This. I went to therapy this year, and this is why I did what I did." But I'm not going to apologize or take accountability for what I did. I'm just going to give you my excuses. Like he was like, "I have daddy issues, and I have uh, a fearful, avoidant personality, like a fearful, avoidant attachment." And I was like, "I could have told you that and saved you 200 bucks," but um, (laughs) it was like, it's been over a year. I don't need your, like, I thought for so long I needed that closure. And mm-hmm. then we're a year, a year later and it's like, I don't need it anymore. I was able to get it on my own. And I thought once I got that, it would be like, yes, like so rewarding and everything. But when you get it, it's like, oh, I didn't need this after all. Like, if anything, mm-hmm. I needed you to leave me alone and yeah. just never talk to me. And so it's so interesting to think about when you finally get what you think you wanted for so long and you've evolved past it or you realize that it's not as big of a deal as you like thought it to be yeah. or overhyped it to be.
0: Yeah, give anything time and it'll not be such a big deal, yeah. right? In yeah. the moment, it does, you're right, it does feel like such a big deal. You want to know, you want them to, to apologize,
2: you want everything, but give it time and that want will definitely go away. Absolutely. I will say one one question I, I would love to ask you though, um, going back to like, your lessons and everything, because I want, I meant to ask this as well too. I know you said you went through like a lot of hard breakups, like with certain like people, like, like the same kind of like thing that I went through, like with a narcissist and things like that. Was there a lesson that you took away from like your hardest breakup that you tried to like apply to like your future relationships and your current one? Cause I know with breakups, like it's, there's a, you can learn a lot from yourself when mm-hmm. you go through a breakup versus like when you're in a relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a ton. Sometimes I'm like the worst at p- p- thinking of something on the spot. Um, let's see, I'm gonna say this one because I do think it was a very interesting, like, kind of slap in the face of like, oh, I didn't know everything. Is that the very last dude that I dated before taking my ear break from dating? One time said, while we were still together, um, we would argue a lot. We were basically, as my therapist described, we just uh were constantly doing the dance but stepping on each other's toes something like that like <laughs> one person would move the other would step on their toes over and over um and so I was like to my to my boyfriend while we were still together I said something like it doesn't matter who you get into relationship with it's always going to be hard like this a relationship is hard and he was like no it's not or at least it's not this hard and after we broke up And going through all that and kind of reflecting and like, I stayed in that relationship, even though I really did not want to, I was like, whoa, he was right. It was, it didn't need to be that hard. Like there is a, there is a line between, um, hard (laughs) and doing the like intentional work in a relationship and working on certain things. And I think coming to terms with what that hard is and like, we are just not a good match and what is worth it was really important. Um, because in my current relationship, like we definitely had, like, we have different love languages. That was a big thing. And we still work on it today. Um, I help him with ways of, he can show me words of affirmation. He helps me with ways that I can show him love in his love language and how we can, um, see each other's love languages and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a workable thing. That's a, I can grow with this person. He wants to do this work. Like, that's great. But in my past relationship, it was just always, we weren't getting anywhere. We, we both didn't want to work on the same things. And I feel like that kind of was like the difference between this isn't something that's fixable and this work is just draining us both to what we do now. Like in my current relationship, that this work is worth it. This work is growing and helping us come together. I should also say, because you mentioned this. He was a very um stonewaller, so he would literally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, we would get into these arguments and he would just ignore me for a week and at the time, I was like, "Oh, that's totally normal yeah because <laughs> people told me it was normal, even though I was like this is this is horrible, this is so yeah. block my number and everything it was horrible, oh my god <laughs> yeah I, and everyone was like it, like my best friend at the time who was my boyfriend's roommate, which I highly do not recommend doing. um, (laughs) because like, it's, it's normal. Men just need their space. And I'm like, now that I'm out of it, Oh, it's that, that advice is horrible. Like that is not true. That is not a healthy relationship. So again, like, of what were you going to say. And also yeah, say, yeah.
2: you made a TikTok recently about how you and your current boyfriend, like how you guys handle fights and everything. Yeah. Like you have like a, a fight like once a month kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny you said that.
0: Okay. So that that TikTok has 3 million views first off. I know. I know. Oh <laughs> I saw it. I was
2: like...
0: <laughs> Out of all of the TikToks that could have done the best, it was that one. And so people interpreted it in wildly different ways so in the video what I said was um my boyfriend and I don't fight have never fought um and I mean that in the way of like we argue but we just don't fight yeah that was a whole other thing people were like fighting's healthy and I was like yeah I think you mean arguing um yeah
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that
0: (laughs) my boyfriend and I are the same way (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Um, but people are like, Oh, I couldn't. Ne- so what I said was the weekly check-ins where you check in with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever, once a week and take inventory of the relationship. And so people were like, I could never wait an entire week. If my boyfriend pissed me off, like I would forget about it. And then like, ah, no, that's not what I meant. Like, I because I said something really quickly like oh it's good to have open communication but again it's a 60 second video I didn't have time to like yeah. explain everything so people are like I can't wait an entire week to bring something up and I was like that's not the point but I was just like, <laughs> yeah. it's just
1: like weekly make sure
0: everyone's good yeah. like it's like until you just sit down and you're like how is the relationship as a whole you know maybe I I feel like I've been a little distant from you lately because I haven't been feeling loved in this way, or I've been really stressed with work. And I think I might be taking it out on you. Let's talk about that. That's not something that's like, you're going to bring up in the moment. It's like your boyfriend called you a jerk and you're like, Whoa, that's not okay. Two different, Yeah. 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 Um, so that was, (laughs) that was that video. And that was like part of a, series of like healthy communication
2: stuff that I learned through being with my boyfriend and like through working on things. Um yeah. But I love that because if that was normalized, I feel like more in relationships and it was especially something that was normalized in like my relationship, I would feel so much more comfortable Mm -hmm. coming forward with any issues that I had instead of fearing like, oh, if I say this, they're gonna leave me or they're gonna hate me or whatever. Like it would just make I think Both parties just feel like they could come to you about anything and not feel like they have to tiptoe around your feelings. And Mm -hmm. it just makes it to where you're not like building up like this aggression and building up like these issues. So it's like, no, like I don't, I always say like I'm the kind of person that wants to like address the issue like right then and there and everything. But then I've learned that it's a lot better if I was to like take the night, like sleep on it a little bit, talk about the next day just because then I'm not going to be so heavy and yeah. bitchy about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then say something I regret. Um, mm-hmm. if I just take the time to like collect my emotions because in the past and you've witnessed it firsthand, um, with the doctor, we had, we had a huge fight on my, um, uh, on my 26th Aww. birthday. Um, it sucks. and then he broke up with me the next week <laughs> and, <laughs> It was just a fight where he was like, I don't want to talk about this. We just, we don't need to talk about this. And I was like, No, we're talking about it right now. Like, yeah. I don't care if it's in the middle of this party, we're talking about it. And it was like, at that moment, I could tell. All, like, the past, like, couple months, all the issues he had had with me, it was, like, rising right then and there. And he's, like, I'm going to let it all out right now. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm just trying to address the current fight that's going on right now. Like, there's just, I'm just trying to address this one issue. You're over here addressing, like, six issues. Right. And if we had had like a like, a monthly, weekly, whatever, check-in, like, with each other it would not be, have been this big a deal. Right. And, and we could have th- saved the relationship, maybe. Even though we don't need to save that relationship. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I feel like what's really great about this, too, is that, and especially for men, because, like, historically, or not historically, like, socially, they're they're raised not to really talk about their feelings and everything. So they're just m- most, and I don't want to generalize, and this no, can yeah, be applied yeah. to women, too, like, and are, you know, uh, gender non-binary, everyone. Like, um, so if someone's not good at communicating, they are much less likely to bring up something. You know, they're feeling distant from you lately. Like they're just not, when are they going to find that time? To them, it's like, it's never the right time. But if you have this planned time, that is the time. That is the time. So if you are with someone who is not good at communicating, that can make, create the space for them to bring things up. And like you said, instead of it being like, it comes up three months later and it all erupts into one big, messy, crazy thing exactly yeah but I also realized with that TikTok that a lot of people are in really unhealthy relationships a lot of people were like yeah a lot of people were like I
1: yeah, like can we talk about like why do people stay in such toxic relationships for so long? Well, oh. one reason that I did
2: was because they people like the doctor get in your head and make you think that no one else will ever love you. And you start to believe it. Um, so well, there's that. It's just,
1: yeah. It just breaks my heart because I'm like I know that there's someone out there who is going to treat you like the queen that you are, and so. And I think too. I mean, I stayed in a relationship for almost five years. That, you thought you were going to marry the that? Person. I thought I was going to marry, and mm-hmm. um, realized afterwards that there it, there was some toxic traits in it. And it's really hard in the moment to see that. But I really think like what you're doing on TikTok, like because I know you have a really like big following there is really great because I just think people need to see more healthy relationships in these kind of spaces because it brings to light things that like, my boyfriend and I do like on a daily basis like he said something this this yesterday morning that made me cry and I was like I'm mm-hmm. so sorry like I didn't mean to cry just a whirlwind of emotions like it was just like I said can I ask you a question he said no and like started laughing and mm-hmm. I was like on a normal day that would have been fine but like today not today and but it, I hadn't communicated that with him yeah. and so it's just one of those things where like I just I feel like there needs to be more of this like healthy relationship advice and mm-hmm. so I really appreciate like what you're doing. Cause I think that's going to mm-hmm. help a lot of people um, yeah. who, may, who might be in toxic relationships or like experiencing something that they don't realize is unhealthy. And then they see someone bring it up or talk about it or share an experience. And then they're like, Oh,
2: <laughs> I've right. been up with
1: this for so long. And like, I don't need to.
2: Yeah. I great. mean, cause there's been some videos of yours that she sent me or I've seen that I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> I know she's <laughs> right. I don't like it, but I know she's right. <laughs> yeah. So, you like, say that a lot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, mm, yeah. I don't like that she's right, <laughs> but
0: like, but she's yeah. right. I mean, a lot of people just, you know, are so are so scared to leave. Change is scary, right? You're in mm. a relationship for two years; it is frightening, like breaking up with them, or even if you live together, like moving out. Yeah. And then on top of that, you think like this is the best I'll ever have, or something. But yeah, in that video, people were just like, I could never bring this up to my boyfriend because he would call me dumb or stupid. Oh. Or like, my I told my boyfriend this and you know, he laughed in my face and said this was ridiculous. And I'm just like, that's horrible.
1: Yeah. Oh God, or no. They're like,
0: they're like um, this is so basically, this is just a weekly fight
1: that we're scheduling like our weekly fight. And I'm like, Ooh. It's more to like open the floor for communication. I'm a speech language pathologist. So communication like my, my thing. So okay. when people say that kind of like, I, it's just like, I just wonder like, what are your communication skills like outside of like a relationship? Yeah. Like how do you communicate with people? And just like the general public is confrontation really something that's not mm-hmm. good for you? Are you not good at reading social? Like, there's just so many things you can delve into. So it's really interesting to hear. Well, cause it was one thing that I was telling you and it was what I also dm'd you about the issue that I was having that I will not
2: address on this podcast because that person also listens to this podcast but (laughs) I was like you know if I allow and I think thinking about your situation with your significant other as if that person wasn't your significant other if that person was just your friend would Mm -hmm. you allow them would you allow your friend to treat you that way and say those things to you Like, taking, like, the intimacy, the sex, all that out of it, like, would you allow your best friend to talk to you that way and treat Mm -hmm. you that way? Most likely, no. And so, and most likely, you would probably bring it up with your friend. I would bring it up with her in a heartbeat. And it's like, well, why can't I do that in a relationship? And just thinking about those certain contexts and trying to rewire it, it's like, just because this person's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, like doesn't make them this person you shouldn't put them on a pedestal to where you can't address these certain problems with them like anything they are the person you need to be addressing those problems with and if anybody because Mm -hmm. they're who you're going to spend the rest of your life with if it's a life partner you're looking at like yeah, if the only other person you're going to be with for the rest of your life is yourself and this person. Like, you better <laughs> like them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I like you. Yeah, <laughs> I truly think
0: that. About? I mean, if you look at the statistics, number one reason people get divorced is communication. Um, and I truly think it's these relationships. People just stay in them, uh, and you know, uh, historically, it's you know the woman's more submissive, scared to speak up. The men, the man's not addressing his emotions, this and that. And then they get into you know they marry and then 10-15 years down the road, they're like, Wow, you're an ass. I'm done with this. Why would I want to spend my life this way and divorce? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We know yeah. several we know several people who got married in their early twenties who are now no longer with
0: really yeah.
2: already. Oh my god. We so I, like many. I can at least
1: count five. Yeah. off the top uh, of my head yeah so it's, I mean it's definitely crazy
2: one yeah. she was one girl was a, a guest on our podcast um and she's also my producer of my film and I know she would not mind me talking about this because she's talked about it openly on her own podcast mm-hmm. but she is 33 she got married at 21 and at 30 Uh, when I met her she realized she no longer was in love with her husband because the only commonality they had was their faith um, and anime (laughs) and um, she was she like changed her entire career path like halfway through the relationship to where she thought she wanted to be like a stay-at-home housewife Mm -hmm. And then she realized, no, I want to be a film producer, and I want to do this whole thing. And she went to grad school, like, halfway through their marriage. And it drove a wedge between them because she was, like, coming upon her own, whereas he was, like, used to being the one person working, making all the money kind of thing. And it just realized, like, we're just not compatible anymore. And we've known other people who have just rushed into marriages for, like, you know, just we're religious, so we're just going like, to get married so we can have sex mm-hmm. or just like, oh, we've been together for too long. I'm too prideful to admit that I'm no longer in love with you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can just tell that you're not happy together. And I wish that you would realize that yourselves, but I mean, not everybody's going to be at that. It takes yourself having to be that person to realize like, hey, I guess no one else can be that person to tell you, like, hey, this isn't working out anymore. Like maybe you yeah, should like
0: totally eat
2: out of this. You have to
0: like fully believe it yourself and have the yeah. courage. It's not easy. Yeah. I mean I wouldn't know, but like I
2: <laughs> Nor would it be honestly. I can't yeah. relate. But <laughs> Well, we have loved talking to you. It has been a complete delight. Uh, one last thing we want to ask you: it's what we kind of wrap up all of our episodes with is a survival tip that kind of sums up everything. And we would love to know what your survival tip would be to our listeners, whether it be like dating boundaries, whatever it may be. Mm, okay, self reflection. If you are
0: able to like look back on you know a relationship that you're in or someone you just started dating or even your past relationships, uh, that is so key in realizing if you're happy or realizing what did or didn't make you happy. So like, if you're dating someone and you know you were, you went on a first date and you were so worried about if they liked you, take a step back and be like, how did I like them? Like, was there any red flags? Were they nice to hmm. me? Were they kind to the waiter? Um, Or if you just always get into these same relationships, reflect back on how you felt in your past relationships and use that information like, oh, my boyfriends always were cocky. My boyfriends were always um, super materialistic. And if that stuff made you unhappy, don't look for that stuff moving forward. Like avoid it moving forward. I feel like a lot of people just in life in general, if you can use self-reflection uh, if you just like reflect on things and have more awareness about how things went you can make your life a whole lot better going forward thank you so much yeah, that's that amazing awesome. I love, love
2: that and definitely will be applying that to uh, my future relationships for sure <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on let us let all the people know where they can find you all your jams go ahead the floor is yours um,
0: yeah, so TikTok, since we talked about that, is Kirsty Taylor, K-I-R-S-T-I-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R-R, two R's at the end, and then um, Instagram, words with Kirsty. easy enough. That's the best way to find me. You can find the links to order my book on TikTok
2: or on Instagram. It's all out there. And it's through Thought Catalog as well, too, correct? Yep,
0: yep. Um, Thought Catalog's the, pr- the publisher, yep
2: cool 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 well thank you so much we have loved talking to you. you yeah thank you guys this was fun and so that does it for today's
1: episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also, like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our
2: website, thegalsguidepod.com, and on our personal social medias, which we will leave in the show notes. Also, make sure you guys check out Kirstie's social media. We will leave all the sh- it in the show notes. And then make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us out, gals. So thanks for listening, gals,
1: and we hope you come back for our next journey.